Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Bonjour, Mr. Carton. Comment ça va? Oh, ça va bien. Bien, bien. How are you? It's, uh... You should introduce yourself. I'm John Hall. Um, Hi, John Hall. Hi. It's, it's, it's good to be back. The, the letters of concern, the, the cards that came, uh, into the office, uh, wondering where we were, uh, for the last two weeks, uh, Augie, um, uh, we're really non-existent and, <laughs> and, and, and that sort of gives well, me great pause. Well delivered Holla. Whatever your two week break clearly got you. Your buddy's back. <laughs> that was, that was your best time joke in seven years. Hey, thanks to Kennedy and Cass for holding down the fort while Augie was off on his discovering himself tour. Um, and honestly I was home. I just didn't feel like doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> you call that sick that's not a lie i was actually at my house like i was in proximity of my computer while these while those guys were recording and it was they were great shows i was i was happy for it so what worries um, but me it's here, nice to be what, back yeah what worries me here is i've never considered that that was an option and i don't think you guys want me believing it is like today is one of those days where it's like there's a chill in the air we're doing a very early recording to accommodate somebody. It's like 10 a.m. It's me. Yeah. And, okay. And, You're accommodating and me. So thank you. Okay. But um, but it, it's like I've got like three things I need to do today before my official, you know, everybody knows my official Sunday is light a fire in the backyard and drink. So that starts at 3 p.m. And usually what I do is get all my shit done, record with you guys and roll right into that. Today, there's like a gap where I'm like, don't drink too much. And I've just taken the first sip of beer one. And I'm like, maybe I'll just stay on this couch till three. Um, in in fairness, it's it's already 4 p.m. in Paris. So oh, wait, wait, my jet lag. <laughs> um, I feel like we should get Ben in the conversation because. Oh, yeah, let's do that. We've settled in too much. So our accomplice du jour. Hey, du jour, that's French um is ben granger so ben i'm gonna ask you to tell us what you're doing because i know you have new business and it's all interesting and you're helping launch little breweries and you're doing all this cool shit but you're always going to be ben from beer craft to me and since that's an old credit i don't want to be like you know i mean i don't want to like in sync your justin timberlake so Ah, ah, what's your current fame i mean i gotta be honest i'm i'm still ben from beer craft to (laughs) That's that that hasn't gone away. So that's not yeah. a unique Augie thing. 
No, that hasn't gone away. So <laughs> the uh, the new business, uh, Scratch Industries, we launched about you know six months ago, uh, and we're doing just that. We're helping people get open, answering questions for people, doing some consulting, doing some fabricating, install work. You know, uh, for the new clients, I always say, you know, if it happens in a brewery, we can help you out with it. You know, so that's that's what we're that's what we're doing. Right on. Now, now, does that include couples counseling? Because yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Sure, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. So, and again, I don't want to pigeonhole you, but when you make that list, I know your biggest strength to be the kind of mechanical figuring it out in the room kind of thing, right? So, so talk about how much of that is your primary role here, and talk about the other people on the team and what, you know what I mean? How it rounds out because I made a joke before we went on air, but I said, I've, you know, I don't have any, this decade Ben jokes, but 12 years ago when we were starting and everybody, you know, when that, when that little middle child level of craft brewing was getting our feet on the ground for us and for other half. And I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but Ben and I brewed a beer together at beer craft fucking 12 years ago, but it was, we can't figure out how to fucking do this. And you'd come in with a, you know, a pliers and some rudimentary, you know, 14th century technology and make shit work. So how much of that is your role here? And what beyond that are you doing? Well, I mean, I still do a lot of that. I still get a lot of phone calls that are like, Hey, you know, we're dead in the water right now. Uh, can, can you kind of dig us out? get us back okay. in, you know, in operation. So I, I still do a lot of $13 fixes for, you know. <laughs> well, that's way up. It used to be $4 fixes. Fucking yeah, inflation. yeah, well, it was inflation. Fucking inflation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I still do a lot of that. Um, you know, I get phone calls all the time that are, you know, keg washer's dead, this is dead, you know. Blah, right. blah. Uh, but, you know, so I field a lot of those. And then, uh, you know, on the other side of it now, and we're trying to lean farther into this is, is, you know, lots of new construction, you know, lots of new glycol installations, you know, uh, helping people to kind of like design and lay out, lay out the facility so that it's functional and proper and, you know, and uh, works to the best of its ability here in uh, New York City, which is always kind of a tough one considering this town is um, everything's in an old building. So, right. So, but uh, yeah, so and the rest of the team, I got a guy who is, you know, does a lot of my customer facing kind of stuff, a lot of my client facing kind of stuff. He's a really nice fella. Well spoken. Okay. Uh, nice. Andy, he's uh, and he does like back end stuff. And then I got a couple of guys in the field that do uh, a lot of my like installation work and that kind of thing. And I'm still in the field. I still go out and, you know, weld pipe and do all sorts of fun stuff. It's not just all, hey, my keg washer's dead. Can you fix it? Right. So, so, so we, Kennedy, we know, I just want to point out really quick, though, that we know Ben does good work and we know that Ben is a man of beer and, and a man who can 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 problem solve. But I have so much confidence in this new business now because he has now referenced getting like having a guy a couple of <laughs> times. And that is the mark of a good businessman in this <laughs> area is like he's got a guy. Yeah. Whatever you need. That's it's, it's a mark of confidence. Yeah, okay. we, we definitely got a guy. We got a guy for almost everything at this point. Nice. Nice. Um, and uh, let's talk about the collection of those people. So Kennedy um maybe here 
maybe he, here. He may be changing a diaper, but Kennedy yes. brought me to other half's tasting room the first time I went. And I was wondering if Kennedy even realizes who Ben is. So in those first days of other half, that tiny little nobody fit in it tasting room, yeah. And they would only fill their own growlers because of a counter pressure filling system they devised that only worked on their own growlers. Ben, that was you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That so was I, just, I wanted to know if Kennedy connected that reality because the notes he sent over weren't like, Augie, you know, Ben, you brewed with him a beer craft. And you used to have events there and the sandwiches. And he talked about your new business. I was like, Kennedy, do you not know who Ben is in our own history? Of course I know. Who he is. And I think you got, <laughs> it, you got it mixed up, Augie. Why? You and Ben were brewing at Beercraft one afternoon, and we met, accidentally met up at Other Half Tap Room and then went back right. to Beercraft. I think that's what it was. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But the first time I walked at Other Half was to meet you. Oh, okay. you were there. Okay. You know what I mean? I remember and that afternoon. That was this whole discussion. Okay. I was just, yeah. I was just trying to place it in our own personal histories because yeah. they're, they're also getting so old, they're foggy. And to be fair, now that I imagine that story, I can put Hall in there, even though there's no way he was. So, no, so, no, so, no, I'm like, no, I didn't remember, cross two rivers for Hayes. <clears throat> you remember yeah. John was John was in the corner talking about how much he loves Mosaic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, was just um, I was dreaming of big nuggets. Yeah. So 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 Beercraft thrives into 1415, Ben. And at some point, do you leave Beercraft to go to Other Half? Are you doing both? Or yeah, I, a I, lot of the Beercraft guys show up at Other Half, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of that. There was a lot of people that that switched over. Now I, I left Beercraft kind of about a I think a year before it finally closed, and then yeah. uh, did my own thing for a while, draft installs and tank installations, glycol work, fixing weird shit for people, that kind of stuff. And um, it just got to a point where you know, Sam and Matt were calling me so often that I like I couldn't take on a, other clients. So I so you just, just you went in house. I just went in house and then stayed there for the next eight years, building breweries so, and putting weird stuff together. You know. So let's talk about that as as just a dreamer, a guy who's only built and then moved his brewery once, but dreams of building new breweries. From that first. I mean, it wasn't milk tanks in Chico in seventies, but from that first other half brewery <laughs> to the what I call the I guess let's call it the Finger Lakes other half. I call it the Omegang other half, but it's the Finger Lakes other half. And then there's the DC other half. And is there a Philly? And how did you build all those? And how much better did it get as the money came in? Like, uh, like as a guy who's was forced to make that first room work, how amazing was you know, building DC. It was awesome. I mean, like, the thing is, like, <laughs> good. I'm right. It should be awesome. Yeah. It's the early days, you know, things would happen more like, you know, that old uh, 15 barrel global, like the rakes would fall out and we would spin up like a, a acetyl puck to hold the rakes in place until like the, you know, the $3,000 part would show up to fix it. Right. It was just like right. a lot of like this kind of like, okay, we just make it happen. We got to get to tomorrow. We got to get till tomorrow, you know? And yep. then when DC came around and we'd done Finger Lakes, which was, you know, kind of a renovation more than anything else, tank swap, tap room renovation kind of thing. Um, when DC finally came around, it was like there was just like toys that we'd never even I'd never even thought I would put hands on. You know what I mean? By that time, yeah. the time DC rolled around, 
I had done a couple of centrifuges, moved them around, commissioned them, decommissioned them. You know, I, I started started to get like more interesting in-depth mechanics. Mm-hmm. But then DC happened and there was just all sorts of stuff. But, you know, uh, 200 yards of spent, or not too, yeah, I guess it's 200 yards of spent grain piping. And, you know, like, wow. just, just yeah. like crazy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, I, it was, and you're right. When money was coming in and we were looking at stuff and, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any such thing as a, a perfect facility, right? Like you, you build them and you get them going and then you, you know, you find mistakes, you find where the concessions were made, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but doing that one, that one was, that one was a lot of fun because it was just like a lot of like new weird stuff that we, you know, we just, 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 you know, from day one of like, kind of, you know, just getting to tomorrow to uh, the days of like, all right, let's stand up some nineties, you know, let's <laughs> install this, uh, you know, four vessel, like Sprinkman brew house well, got more bells and whistles. And you can shake a stick. I just, you know, yeah. how, how long did it take you to wrap your head around a calandra? Uh, yeah, right. I, like, I, I still can't on, figure out what they do. I don't have yeah. one yet, but all or, my friends with the Calandria love their Calandria. And I'm like, I'm still not sure what this fucking thing when, does. When I saw <laughs> the drawings of it, right? When I'm going over, because you know, when we started to expand, that's a lot of what I did was okay. Let's let's look at the drawings. Let's get the design right. Let's get the layout right. You know, and I when I saw my first drawing of a Calandria, I was like, what? what the hell is this thing? And there's a bunch of you know, engineers, <laughs> three engineers in the room, an architect. And then there's little old me and they're throwing this word around, you know, like, yep. uh, you know, uh, uh, super easily. And they're yep. like, Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. 45 yep. minutes later while I'm in the bathroom, I'm Googling Calandria. Calandria. Yep. I'll tell you. <laughs> so the first Calandria I ever saw was with my head inside the brew house of green flash san diego which is already far bigger than anything i've put my hand you know i went out there to brew a beer but you know this is so much bigger than anything i've experienced and the whole you know you spend so much time i know you know this hall and kennedy because of your weird exposure you probably don't know the difference of just trying to fathom the difference between 15 and 50 but and then i put my head in there i was like insulting but okay what's that <laughs> and he's like yeah. that's the calandrian i was in the same exact thing i was like oh yes of course it is of course it is no, the I'm- fuck is a google what the fuck is a calandrian yeah. anyway awesome hey i'm glad i'm glad it's similar i don't don't push me to the beer yet i'm not ready because i was going to tie up your question with mine Come on. and then i was going to get to the beer what i was going to say is so, so so yeah that's that's so when you dream of that guy you dream of it being somebody with kind of those experiences, right? When you're like, this guy has to help me figure out what I'm not figuring out, which I think is the role you're, you're trying to play into. You need a guy with that experiences. And yeah. you don't want the guy who laid out Walt Disney World because he had a billion dollars to do it with. So when we talk about this group of people Hall's talking about, have they been collected over the last 15 years? Have you found most of, you know what I mean? Like, like when you're like, oh, this guy is, are there guys still from 10 years ago that were just so good at making shit happen tomorrow that they're part of the team? Or is it, or has it just been, you've been doing this long enough. You've got an idea of who's best at each role. Well, everybody kind of fell into a role and, and, and yes, yeah, so 
the, the, my guys, I've some of them I've only worked with for four or five years. Some of them I've worked with or, or have known for 15, you know, maybe longer. And the thing is, is that like, uh, as you kind of grow in business, the, the thing that I like have really realized, and this is, this is goes, this goes, you know, started at beer craft is that you, you got to recognize what you really suck at. You know what I mean? You gotta, like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta engage, you know, and it takes, it takes a lot to just be like, Hey, you know what? I'm not good at this part. I'm really, I'm really not. I need a, I need somebody who's better. Right. So I'm constantly right. looking for people who are just better than me. I want, yeah. I want people that are better than what I do. I'm like the janitor, right? I, I got, I got every key, you know, uh, on, on the keychain. Yeah. I can weld pipe. Yeah. I can braise this. Yeah. I can figure out the mechanics. Yeah. I can do the wiring. Yeah. I can do all that stuff, but I'm not that the, I'm not the best at any of them. Just, I know how to do all of them. So I, I, I'm constantly looking for, uh, those guys that are like, oh yeah, that guy is amazing. I got one guy who is, he's a licensed plumber from Brazil and he's worked in a, about, I don't even know how many different types of pipe schedules, right? Pipe or, uh, piping systems, uh, everything from glue up to welded plastic to stainless. Right. And right. just really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm interested. I like to do all that stuff, but he just, his work is nice. Right. So I'm just constantly looking for those guys that are much, much better than I am. Right. Well, you know, what's funny is I, I will put a button on this conversation so we can move to beer one and give you the, the, the plug talking point for your new business. I can give you as a brewery owner is I think the most damage that happened to my brewery's developmental path was when we had a guy in charge who knew just enough of how things worked to think everybody was trying to rip him off. And he'd end up making a lot of bad decisions about getting things working or fixed or in because he'd see the other person's price and he'd be like, but that's not that hard to do. It's not worth that much money. I'm not going to pay it. And then all of a sudden our shit would take three months instead of two weeks it would end up costing more because we were buying the shit he needed to do it with. You know what I mean? And it was just having somebody who is the pro that can get it done quickly and well ends up saving the money of doing it cheaper and yourself. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Is that yeah. tied together for what you're trying to say? Because, because yeah, that's one of my biggest regrets is every time he'd be like, this guy tried to charge us 10 grand for that. And it should only cost three. So I'm going to do it. I'd end up behind way more than that seven grand I was saving. Yeah, that's a dangerous uh that's about <laughs> to go down. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Then we all agree. Use that story as you need. Moving on. Beer one. So what brings us together on Steal This Beer? It's a candid conversation of beer and what it is, not what we hoped it would be. Uh how it tastes, not how hard it was to get, and when we would drink it, not when we plan to drink it. So to facilitate this, John and I drink blind out of black glasses. Ben, are you in a coffee cup or something? Or are you seeing color? I think color is going to matter a lot on beer one. Yeah. yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing color. All right. So keep that to yourself. Don't tip it for us. Will do. But um, but um, you know, I, I said to myself at some point, we'll do a Augie's back from France guys episode. I don't want to blow Ben's episode up with this conversation. But beer one's making me feel like Kennedy's trying to make me feel like I'm still in France, right? So, so 
interesting point here, and I want to reference this back yeah. to Beercraft because Beercraft was before it was anything else, even though it had great sandwiches and we did make beer in there. It was a bottle shop. And somehow Kennedy only sent bottles this week. But this is a 225 bottle, which is what I've been drinking for the last two weeks. So it feels French in my hand. And the one thing I would introduce to if we ever get around to what people are drinking or what they aren't drinking was there was a great liberty of being in those little tiny towns in the south of France that only have a thousand people in the mountains because they basically had almost a different brewery every time, but they had white, blonde, amber, brown. You know what I mean? It wasn't like so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. It was like, do you want a white, a blonde, an amber, or brown? They're from such and such. And this just tastes like a European brown ale to me, right? There's little little banana nut bread, little bit of little bit of kind of nutmeggy, um, you know, not Werther's, not barley wine sweetness, <laughs> but but yeah. malt sweetness. Um, and then there's that that clove banana yeast profile, kind of tightening it up and. And like it, so the th- the other thing is, we always talk about pony bottles over here versus twelve ounces in that memory. The two hundred and twenty five milliliter bottle that a lot of like French, well, European lagers are served in over there is a four sipper like you've never experienced. Like, I don't know who they think they're benefit by making shots of beer how you buy beer, but you get through twelve of them before you do the math that you're now at three liters. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Anyway, what are you getting <laughs> off this one, Hall? <laughs> um, so it's interesting. You were saying further south of France. I was more thinking uh, the more northern borders. I was getting a yeah, Belgian yeah, no, 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 kind I'm of sorry. thing That's coming That's where off of I was it. drinking. This is okay. Yeah, this is definitely far more Belgian-y than yeah, French. And that's but it the... would still, they had a brown, which was just a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, this just feels like, oh, European brown ale. And it's yeah. lovely on an autumn morning. That banana thing, there's a little bit of like sweet coffee. Um, like I'm gonna say yeah. sweet coffee with cream, but it's not there's no lactose or anything like that, but it has that sort of vague coffee sweetness. The thing that I've been struggling with this is there's a lot of really cool components. There's that banana bread that you're talking about, there's mm-hmm. that coffee that I'm getting at. There's this, you know, fruity Belgian uh ester that I got early on everything just feels like a little bit muted. Like you're kind of seeing, like seeing it through fogged glass. Um, nothing is super pronounced. Um, and, 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 and I don't hate that. Um, but I think it, it's been fun. I agree that this is probably some sort of, you know, based on the, the, the bottle size alone, um, an import of some kind, but it is, we've been so focused on the show over the last couple of years of really trying to find like a dominant flavor or, you know, people are trying to hit you over the head with something Mm -hmm. that this muted nuance, I I'm finding that I'm frustrated by it, but that's a me problem. (laughs) And, and I'm, 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 I'm digging it because of it. This, this kind of feels like, like an airport beer leaving um, Bruges yeah or brussels yeah um yeah it's just kind of one of those one more before you get on the plane kind of thing but it's so okay so so let's put a pin in that let's get ben notes but we might come back to rum on your notes after ben what are you getting off this one uh 
this is like this this beer is this is supremely like uh, nostalgic for me right like yeah right this reminds, me, this reminds me of the same like uh like you know visiting belgium brewing in belgium right but it also reminds me of like the early days of beer craft when you know your uh um your offerings were like big bitter west coast ipas and then massive amounts of different like belgian imports right mm -hmm. and it's like it's kind of like lighter embodied right lots of cola notes for me uh um a little toast a little spice to it it's really like it's it's really by 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 taste i expected the body to be a little bit like fuller but it's okay. pretty pretty light right so yeah so i think i think you've gotten me where hall was taking me so as, as hall was giving notes and the problem is i've now finished it so i can't taste well oh, man while while you're talking but what i think is is i think it's higher alcohol that i perceived because as it warmed and been working out of stemmed wine glasses so there's just that bowl where oxidation happens quicker and you know i swirl it because it's a nervous habit but but by the bottom of the last glass <laughs> the alcohol was representing a little more and that put me in a rum space, not like a rum barrel space, but like a, there's something huh. Captain Morgany about these flavors because of the spices and all that, which makes me a hundred percent sure a little candy sugar played in it. Cause that's how I would get there. Yeah. And I think it's slightly higher alcohol than I thought it was the whole time I was drinking it. I'm in like, like I thought it, I had it as half, like a, something like that. Oh, no, I'm not that high. Maybe no? seven. I'm like six and a half. But when I was drinking it, I was drinking it like it was a five. Like, and again, this is probably my own bullshit from having been, you know, over in France for a bit and drinking humble town beers. But those first five or six sips just had it in that kind of, oh, this is our brown beer. Everything's 5% feeling. And then those last little esters while John was talking, and I think this is what you're talking about, Ben, with the thinness, is I think these days, those of us that make beer, that we're going to let something get up to six and a half would body it in some way where this wasn't, right? I think this right. is just, just malt. And, you know, nowadays we'd have to throw some oats or something in there to... to, to walk in stride with the alcohol and i think the alcohol is what's thinning it out does that make sense ben uh yeah i mean i also think it's the the, the added candy sugar drying it right out you know yep. I mean? yeah i definitely think there's candy sugar in here um anyway hall what was your last note before we reveal and move back to the fun no i was just gonna say um there's there is a good alcohol warmth to it maybe seven five is too high but it is there's a little bit of the pinking of the cheeks that uh, uh that yeah. happen as this this glass is emptying and uh, yeah um yeah it's got a nice little warming thing and spice thing and this is uh uh this is actually a pretty nice way to start off a day actually. especially like a it's, fall day yeah like, it's cold here in jersey like it's it's like still humid yeah a little overcast and just but cold yeah yeah no uh well it's definitely well, a good... well done justin what so what are kennedy what... wait wait kennedy before you reveal it He's on assume, mute. I'm assuming, here, actually. Oh, you're assuming back. We're all right. Assuming we're all right and that it is some nondescript, you know, 
Belgian or French or even Scottish brown. Um, were you <laughs> bottle shop motifing for Ben? Were you European motifing for me? Or did you literally just buy the cheapest beer in the store and send it to us? Well, I remember a couple of weeks ago you said I was in a rut. So I decided to do something <laughs> totally different and buy uh, not. Just so you know, I've said you're in a rut. <laughs> 365 times. Sure. <laughs> How did it finally land? I decided to react to it this time. So Oh, good, good, good. It worked. Yeah, I was I was thinking about who's going to be on the show and then also just some beers that we haven't had maybe for a while. So, yeah, all of the above, I guess. Right on. So, what is it? It is Leffa Brun. Oh. Yeah. And it's okay. six and a half. What's the time. ABV? Six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, I was like, wait, is it a fourteener? I never know with left. No, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's that's that's. Yeah. Kind this, of... came in, this came in a six pack at my local uh, bodega for twelve bucks. I think. Wow. But that's kind of the classic. That is the definitive Belgian brown, right? Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. anybody make a more famous Belgian brown? Easily bought. I, wait, hold on. Is I'm this, is this a, is is this a B? 11.2 ounces. 11.25 mil. What is that? 25 mil. Sounds right. Yeah. I don't know. These little bottles are the funniest fucking thing ever. Um, I don't all right. So, 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 Paul, yeah. 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 Yeah, I so I, I'm I'm like 90% sure all of us know what bottle two is. Yes, yeah, seriously, just, Justin. I just, just wanted because, to because <laughs> well the, but but the cans can obfuscate, make it confusing. There's only one brewery in the world that uses this bottle, right? They so, make more than one beer, so let's talk. <laughs> all yeah, right, but, fine. But Justin, there's fruit in this beer, which means it has to be <laughs> all right. Let's talk anyway, about it. No, 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 let's not do that yet. But let's yeah. talk. So let's let this be the introduction. I haven't that, tasted it yet, but it's immediately was, like, oh, we're staying I, in Belgium. Huh? I feel like yeah. you're going to know when you taste it. Like, oh, this is like the, the hard part. Oh, here is like, I might make you try to guess the <laughs> bottling date because it's so clearly one beer. Um, but that's Ooh. obviously because of the bottle. But anyway, also, so, this is this so is part here's of the Justin's downside plan. to a bottle show. Yeah. Bottles are bottles are kind of like, you know, a, a <laughs> silver 16 ounce tube could be anything. This bottle can only be one thing. Yes. Oh um, boy. Oh boy. There's I had that, another sip. There's that sweetness. I love that. It's um, it's like somebody literally just took all the red Jolly Ranchers and put them in a Cuisinart <laughs> with some bud. Um, anyway, all right. Well, let's not get there yet. We got it. We got to build the anticipation <laughs> the right way. Um, so Ben, here's what's funny is when we started. 2011 when jesse and i were doing our real drinking figuring out who and what we wanted to be in this business beer craft was key for a lot of reasons and then when we were started you remember helping us out with some problems blah 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 blah, blah. the future everything to me everything that mattered and kind of why i'm so now yesterday's news is i still think all brewery tasting rooms should be some version of beer craft where you come in you drink a couple beers eat a super creative sandwich, fuck you, New Jersey. Um, and then you take a growler home. And that was kind of beer craft's model. But the other asset was you guys were collecting beers for all of us to buy that, you know, back in the days of 800 American breweries. And like you said, very Belgian heavy and all that. And then what's ironic about you and your path is you kind of go to the nail in the coffin for that business model. Mm -hmm. 
in the ever rotating on site 16 ounce can sales. Um, so, so your reconciliation on those two realities is something I'm really interested in, 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 do you miss the old, do you embrace the new? Is it just the way things go? Is, is there room for everything? Can you, you know what I mean? Like, cause I don't, want us i don't think i'm saying anything and i don't mean it to be so dramatic as i'm going to state it for brevity but other half killed beer craft um how does it feel being that guy (laughs) (laughs) that was on both sides of that fence uh i i never i never looked at it like that you know really right from the center of it do you you want to do you want to work through this now (laughs) i'm sorry wait we'll we'll get get you So quick, Kennedy, get us one of those online therapy sponsors so that we can give them a discount. (laughs) So, I mean, the thing, the thing for me is that I, I, you know, I, I love beer. I love the beer industry. I love everything about it. Right. I like the mechanics behind it, like liquid. I like the marketing. I like everything behind it. The whole thing is interesting to me. Right. And I've never been the type of person that like is very and this is going to sound weird very results orientated right i'm more experiential right like i want to be i just want to be part of the like part of the ride i want to see it for you it's the journey not the destination exactly right and i like i want to be you know like in the mix of it i want to i want to see it happen i want to experience it happen so i always just kind of viewed the landscape change if you will right uh as just part of the evolution of the of the industry in new york and the other thing too is like the new york beer industry is still very young right it, it it's still like it's still developing it's still changing yeah and you can definitely say that the other half model is like the the nail in the coffin for like businesses you know like beer craft that were ultimately just museums of beer right right um, and but it i don't know if it's the nail in the coffin because i don't I don't actually think it's dead. I just think it's changing, right? So yeah. okay, so that that's actually where I wanted the question to go. I wasn't trying to get I wasn't trying to make you feel guilty or address it. But so because Beercraft was so it then, and for a little context, thieves, um when we opened, we went to New York with a little distributor called American who were great at getting us into spots. But in wow. 2011, there were in all five boroughs, there were 25 to 50 spots that were important for small craft. I'm talking Blind Tiger. I'm talking beer craft. Like you've heard us talk about that before. Like, like the city didn't give a fuck about craft beer till 2014. Right. So, so that's what I'm talking about. But but of all those places for the shop model, Beercraft was my favorite. Um, and a lot of people copied it off you. And I guess some of them are still going. But but what would the new version of that look like? What's the new version of it's not our product. It's it's our product. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's that? What do you think that looks like going forward? Ah, I, I don't know. I I. I always, I always toy with the idea of doing it again. And I always, you know, I have a, a laundry list of things that I would do differently. Right. Um, I think, you know, moving forward, huh, I mean, it's a, that's such a hard question, right? Like 
moving forward, the, the industry is changing so much again, right? Mm-hmm. Eight years ago, uh, it turned on its on a dime, right? Like people lining up, you know, for, for beer at brew, you know, at breweries and, and the hazy IPA and the lactose IPA, et cetera, et cetera, to like changed, you know, the industry heavily. I think we're like turning a quarter again with that kind of stuff. At least it feels that way. Um, and like having said that, you know, like the kind of type of liquid changing, uh, I think there is still room for this kind of bottle shop kind of, uh, spot. Right. I think the thing that, that needs to be addressed. And and I think a lot of bottle shops, um, address it all the time. Is that like, how do you, how do you keep your serving license, right? How do you keep your on-premise and your off-premise from being confusing to people? And I think that like that, the fixing of that and addressing of that, um, is the secret to making that, like that business kind of work, especially in the future. You mean so people that walk in and have beers know that the model is that they take a case home with them? Yeah, well, it, or, or you know, like, like how to functionally address that price structure, right? Oh, like, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, right. Without, without like, upsetting the, uh, um, the kind of retailer customer relationship, because the hardest thing, you know, and this is this is topics I haven't talked about in years, but like the hardest thing back then was like, you know, addressing or or having to convey too much information all the time, right? Like, oh, you you know, so that's why at Beercraft you could just buy whatever and do whatever you want with it, right? You could drink drink it there, you could take it home. It was one price, you know what I mean? Like, right? Because we were just trying to avoid this whole idea of, you know explaining the rules to every human being that walked in there you know 500 times a day 600 times a day you know? yeah i know because every time i'd buy a case of black ops from you guys it would end up costing me way more than it should have because i could have opened all 12 bottles and drank them in the backyard no. and- so, we, <laughs> so we landed in this spot where we're like cheaper than a bar but right. more expensive than any other bottle shop and it was like you know navigating yeah. that was like the hardest thing and i think you know I think there's things you can do, right? I, you know, I have some ideas for solutions for that, but like, you know, again, nothing, you know, stuff I haven't even thought about. Well, get back on it, man. We all, so the thing I miss most in the last 12 years is walking into any bar that was a beer bar and having one bartender excited to talk about beer and show me something I've never tasted before. I know. Right? And and that's just gone. Like that, that's what we lost, right? Like it doesn't need I don't need a fucking chicharrone talking me through hop oil structures. I need a guy who's like, well, here's what I'm fucking drinking and here's why. Yeah. You know, that's the th- uh, We're about to sound like <laughs> old men. Um, we are old men. We're f- I know. Old men. I'm turning 52 next week. By the way, Evan's coming down, John, you're expected. i agree man i i miss the days when like you know uh when you know a new brewery would come to the market it was like christmas at the shop you know what i mean like everybody in the shop 
And, you know, I'm going to reference some folks that I, some of you guys know, some of you don't, right? Like Joe Tracy and Sam Lane, yeah. like all yeah. of these kids that like, Oop. you know, they were, they were kids then. They're, they're adults <laughs> and shit now, but like were they were kids. And they were all and, Wookiees. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and we was like, we were a rough bunch. That's for sure. James Case. No doubt. Like there was some like, you know, but anyway, like we, we would get, you know, we would get like, uh, I don't, you know, a new brewery would come to the market and every one of us would be standing around like, okay, we're opening it. Is this, And we always did a seven o'clock yeah. beer, right? Every day at seven o'clock, we would open a beer. We would all taste it, uh, say nice things, bad things, whatever it was. It would be a, like a big old group discussion about it. Right. And yep. that spawned this, this idea that like, there was like passion, like real passion behind, behind the liquid about like what it tasted like. And, and I don't want to like, I don't want to upset the upset anybody i don't want to hurt any feelings but it wasn't about like you know what's the sellability of this you know like who's going to wait in line for this and how many you know how many candy bars and nuts are in this thing you know what i mean like it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the like the hype behind it it was a literal discussion about the liquid and how good it was and if it was phenomenal and it turned out it was stupid expensive you know how are we going to yep. sell who, how are we going to move this? How gotcha. are we going to introduce this to people? How are we going to, how are we going to perpetuate how good this is, right? How right. Are we carry this forward, right? Like, and those days, I'm sure they exist. I know they exist. They have to, I mean, you know, it's like, it'd be, uh, it's too sad to think it doesn't exist, but uh, you know, you're right. You don't see, you don't see a whole lot of that, like, you know, yeah. raw, raw passion and you know and also and i don't like a lot of ah, this is going to sound awful a lot of uh a lot of modern beer now is a lot of it's the same right you can but here's the best part here's the best part you couldn't have given me a better segue so i'll get you out of i hear you wanted to get out of where you've just gotten yourself and i get that but yes you're definitely right and that is part of what's going on and, and that doesn't even bother me because to kind of nutshell what I think when I hear you say what you're saying is the problem is, so we brought up on the conversation before that one of the insights Calagione gave me recently as a generational thing was that below millennials, it's flavors, not styles, right? So to just to perfectly put a button on these two beers we're drinking right now, Leffa was a style and all the things it revealed and gave you was the judgment for its success was how myriad were they? How did it do it? How did it develop and where did it finish? And that was when you could have those conversations you're talking about. Whereas these days, as the market shifts, as the market should, if you say this is a cherry beer, people taste it and say, does it taste like cherry? Yes. Does it taste like I want cherry to taste? Yes. Okay. I'm done knowing that beer. Mm. right and and you fuck up when you make it suggest cherry and other things but here's the problem i haven't pulled the skin off but i don't need to i am a hundred percent sure we're drinking cherry shoof and what and this isn't me being really wise you guys if you could see the bottle it's it's gotta be anyway um hold on but what i'm saying is if you asked me to make that speech or touch on those topics I was just touching with you without this beer in my glass, I'd have been like, like these days, if you made cherry shoof, it would have to taste exactly like a fucking Jolly Rancher. And back then, because we had styles, not flavors, 
It could be a Belgian that was suggestive of cherries. Problem is this fucking beer tastes like I'm sucking on a Jolly Rancher and nothing else. And this beer hasn't changed its recipe in 180 years. So have we always been where I'm saying the problem is now? John Hall? I, I thought cherry was a relatively new in their history release. Um, check that out but the Belgians okay. have been putting cherry no, I understand that but for... but I, but I think I think it's in the same way that like Duchess came out with a cherry uh within the last couple of years um I I, I I will go back and check on that because I, I feel like there was a bit of an outcry within the last 15 or so years when this beer came out it's not you know the recipe from 1691 or you know whatever um what's interesting is when i saw this bottle shape wrapped in the foil you obviously went to shoof i went to duval no, i thought that Duvel's this was Duvel. fatter on the bottom duval's I, way fatter on the bottom i i i would have to have them side by side duval but it is was, way fatter on the bottom but i was looking more at the top and the curvature at the top and i thought right, that right. justin was trying to uh really re- like you know exact some revenge of you know giving us nine percent uh <laughs> belgian blondes uh, in the morning because duval much like uh uh, uh is from brooklyn rest in peace oh. those are two beers where if somebody gives me a, a duval like that's it good night lights out um nothing is is stopping me from that point so wait on. let me ask you yeah. let me ask you to digress for a minute i understand why you would think this is a duval bottle i do but it's too skinny okay my question is, is there a cherry duval? And once you no. tasted it, you no, knew no, what no. it was, right? Once, yes, exactly. Yes, there is no cherry duval. They haven't. I, like, I think the, I, I think like, they're in the same that company. That ended at the first sip. I right? think it's all duval morgan, but um, it is. But you know what I mean? I was like, yes. that ended at the first sip, right? Because this tastes it. Oh, so yeah, no, this in is... my head, if I was going to describe this without having it in a glass, I would still be like, but you know how when you put cherry with alcohol, it tastes a little medicine-y. Yes, because everybody knows robot. This doesn't even taste like that. This taste. Ben, help me out here. It tastes no, like this fucking is, Jolly this, Ranchers. But see, it here's the thing. Jolly this isn't robotus. This isn't the robotus and stuff. This is you know children's cherry Advil. Like, yeah. but you know, emphasis on the children's part. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is yeah. I be honest with you. When I saw the bottle when it showed up, I didn't even think. I didn't even think Shoof. I didn't think Duval because like um I you know I saw the bottle and I instantly thought of uh, Smizgy. I don't know if anybody remembers of that. what. No, what's that? No, what is this Belgian brewery that did everything in this size and they did like weird esoteric styles that had like Valerian and like, you know, um, uh, and like wait, Valerian root or the steel from Game of Thrones? Is that an Oma Gang stuff? (laughs) No, the Valerian root and like gentian, like weird stuff in it. But and it was just like because when both bottles showed up. Uh, like they're both like insane, very European. I just had a flash. So European. Here, like so European. was like, oh man. And I could see this whole cooler in like in front of me that was like the Smizgy lineup and then Duval and then Shoof and then like, you know, uh, all those. All right. Well, then yeah. prop, props to Justin because we all thought three different breweries when we saw this bottle and we were all kind of convinced as to what it was. And then obviously, you know, we, we landed on it, but well done on, yeah. you know, this Did is Justin, fun. This is like judging a hey, beer Justin, by its, by do you its see bottles. How much, do you see how much more fun it is when you put a little work into it, Justin? <laughs> Man, the kid has a newborn. The guy has a newborn at home. Like, let him. You right. know, so I'm asking for the alibi for the last seven years, not today. Today's the he good was day. gearing up to be a father again for the last <laughs> seven years. He all right, did. it's 
clearly he needed to wake up early more. <laughs> anyway, good job, Justin. Fucking ah, but the cherry shoe shocks me. Like I said, I want waffles if I was now. A, if I was, this is I just yeah. I just want oh, really yeah. good waffles oh, with yeah. you know powdered sugar and. If you yeah. if you had the pouring skills and you could float this cherry shoe on top of that Leffa Brown, I think you have oh, a yeah. waffle. I think you have a waffle, right? There's that. <laughs> Yeah, with uh, a little bit of the banana. Yeah, uh, like the Rudy yeah. Tooty fresh and fruity syrup <laughs> caddy and, and a real nice kind of banana bread waffle, like pumpkin spice waffle. Oh, dude, you're there. That's your game. Anyway, um, so so yeah, like I said, Kennedy, I don't know if you were trying to make me feel European or Bev feel like it's still 2009, but either way, I think you fucking nailed it. Um, well done, pal. So, so I guess, but I guess what I'm talking about is, all right, so Hall thinks I am overestimating the tenure of this beer, which I'm fine with. But you still think it's 15 years ago this this thing came out, which is still in the time zone I'm talking about where I would have been like, like, I guess what I'm saying is this is what I consider the problem for style beer appreciation, right? Because this isn't anything but cherry juice in a bottle. Yeah. And when we when we make fun of our dear friends at Bolero, whatever, for being like, oh, we made a cherry beer by putting cherries into something that was a beer before we put cherries into it. This is what they're doing. And this is. I guess in my brain, a respected, tenured, important style brewery. So is it just me reading too many you know, Facebook pages about how beer should taste like beer because this beer doesn't taste like beer. No, that beer doesn't taste like beer. <clears throat> Am I just being an old man here? Am I shouting at clouds? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Motherfucker. I, I hate being that guy. I mean, I, I, I agree, right? Like, you know, the cherries and Belgian beers, like, you know, at one point it, it meant something or, you know, cherries and beer, it, in itself meant something completely different right it it came across as like you know a little sweeter rich big cherry flavor like right but now cherries and beer i think the expectation is you you're gonna have like one of these kind of like um fruit smoothie type yeah that are coming out right and which it's just two different animals you know yeah yeah i get that but what i'm i guess what i'm saying so you know that if if Boone puts out cherry parfait again, it's not going to taste like this. It's going to taste like goose. You know what I mean? So so I get I, you know what I'm saying. I just I feel like this existing long before my argument about this type of beer exists makes my argument very weak. And since all I do is argue about flavor, I've got to go. I've got to go do some more thinking. Um, speaking of which, by the way, Ben, if you ever want to come down here, I still have in my cellar properly stored a whole bunch of marriage parfait and a whole bunch of black ops I bought from you 10 years ago. So marriage parfait is a, is a phenomenal beer. It's the best beer in the world. It's the beer that made me and Evan Watson soulmates. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just like that. It is a phenomenal beer. Mm. I remember so, these like I mean I hate to like keep revisiting beercraft, but right. I remember <laughs> no, these, dude, you, you're you're bent for beercraft. What else? We, what yeah. other options do we have? We had. <laughs> well, that's true. We, we had 
uh, in the early days, we had um, one cooler door that was all 100% like Lambics and Gooses, right? At top to bottom. And there was a whole row of Cantillon. There was marriage parfaits, bone. There was like, you know, it was just everybody. And the early days, 2005, 2006, you know, the most answered question at the brewery was when somebody would bring back a, uh, a Cantillon open from their house, <laughs> put it on the counter, right? And it happened all the time with Cantillon. It happened all the time with the, uh, with the Basque ciders, right? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. And put it on the counter, open, and it would say, just with righteous indignation, this is bad. This has gone bad. This beer has gone bad. <laughs> we just like, we would be, we would be there. And uh, like the first couple of times, you know, early on, I was just like stunned. I was like, no, no, it's, it's pretty good. It's good. What do you mean it's bad? Like, what <laughs> right? like it's sour right and then about like 2009 or so 2010 we just could not keep that shit in the shop it just yep. like it flew off the shelves right and yep. for those first years we like there was a thing at the register there's a note at the register that said like yo if you see somebody roll up here with a uh you know a basque cider or you know uh uh one of frank bones beers or or uh uh, you know, or a Cantillon or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. You got to tell them, Hey, you know, this is sour. Right. And it's, it's like, it was a death trap every time you saw it on. The, right. Yeah. Cause when you said, Hey, you know, this sou- is sour. If the person knew that it was sour, they would, they would be like, yeah, I know it's sour at you asshole. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and, and, and if they didn't, they were, they were sure, surely putting it back on the shelf. You know what I right. mean? Yep. I love it. It's funny. You reminded me of back in those days. What was the wonderful beer bar over on the edge of Alphabet City? What's his name's famous? Everybody loves him. He used to do Jimmy's show with him, Justin. DBA. DBA. So yeah. at one point, I'm in DBA back in my Wall Street role, not my brewery role, uh, with, a whole, with a whole bunch of fucking clients. And they had Cantillon on the menu. And it wasn't expensive yet. It, you know, we're talking like 2009. Yeah. And, I, and of course, it comes in 750s, right? So they're all drinking their whatever, their lefts or whatever. I was like, I'll have that. And I'm drinking this bottle to myself, knowing how they're going to react to it. So I'm just not trying to get involved. But I can't believe I'm drinking candy on alone in a bar. And of course, we're like, and it's like the weirdest thing. I'm like, no, this isn't for you. You're not going to like it. Don't make me give you this beer, which of <laughs> course makes it like, the worst thing in the world like what so now so i think i created a whole bunch of sour beer fans by explaining to them this wasn't their beer at dba over a couple nights that was the funniest thing anyway you're right i remember what yeah we gotta go no 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 no. i know we have to go can we keep doing this i'll stay i'm having no no no. Uh, i haven't done a show in weeks Cherry, uh, Cherry Truth was added to Beer Advocate. This is how hard this is to research that I have to actually go onto the BA website. Uh, Thank you, BA. Thank you, BA, for doing the work you do. July 21st, 2017. Oh, it was added to the website in 2017. Uh, if you go to uh, the Shoof website, uh, they have all sorts of various things about the beer. Uh, including that uh, you should pair this with uh, tomatoes, red peppers, red cabbage, and fennel. Tomatoes? Or duck breast, uh, stewed game dishes, oysters. 
um, along with almonds, raspberries, cherries, and strawberries. And then they have a, uh, a recipe for shoof style cauliflower, uh, which they say this cherry pairs really well with. So is the, isn't uh, that basically just cooking chicken and Robitussin <laughs> and haven't we just gotten a thing about that? <laughs> Welcome to my fever dream kitchen. <laughs> Um, um, but we do there, have to go thing right now about Nyquil chicken or something. All right. So I just want to tie up because I have been trying not to talk about the trip, but my, my one take home from the trip that I want to give to everybody is right now. The Euro is a parody on the South of France on the, in the Pyrenees mountains is a cheap vacation. So I don't think it's a good vacation if you're looking for like opulence and hotels and all that. It's it's like $50, $60 hotels, but they're all nice. All the baguettes and bitter coffee in the world are available to you. But but why why I'm bringing this up now is when you're on that border, when you're on that border, almost every meal you sit down to is good, working, you know, better than it should be $20 meal. All of them have a $3.50 Basque cider on the menu. And a lot of funk. Gotta love it. It is, it is, it is such a like Jesus. Like, I believe you can go to the Pyrenees border of Spain and France for five days and eat and drink respectably fun experience, cheaper than John can go to GABF for two days right now. And okay. I think you should all do that. That's my advice. You cool. go drink Basque cider. And in, in fairness, I was there for 12 hours, but yeah, that's fine. I still think it's cheaper. Anyway, that's, great. that's my last thing. Thanks for reminding me about Basque cider. Thanks, ben. Ben. Anyway, Ben, thanks for coming out. Congratulations on this new venture. I've already thought about shit. I'm going to call you about. So at least that part worked. Um, Cass. Fucking yep. cool, man. Wait, wait, we got to let Ben say. Yeah. Ben. yeah. yeah I guess. Where can they find Ben's? It's ben, it's important that Ben promote Ben's new business. That's oh, why man. Kennedy brought him in. Yeah, there's that, I guess. It was my idea. Thank you very much. Wait, are you canning beer? No. Ben? All right, then stop. You guys can reach me at, at Ben at scratchindustries.com. And cool. anything that, you know, that, uh, that pertains to a brewery that you need help with. I always... I'm always willing to chat. Right on, man. This is awesome. And you sound great. And thanks for thanks for chopping it up. Angry old man. The beer, the world should be a better place. And I guess in the long run, Cherry Shoof is the problem, not the explanation. So I don't need to get mad at my own thinking anymore. Thanks for filling us in on that hall. Hey, Cass, how yeah. do they give us money so that we can get proper old school Cherry Belgian beers? Well, I first just want to, to to tell the thieves to take a trip to Google and, and Google Beercraft to see what was once there. I was just going back through some old pictures um, and untapped check-ins and stuff. And, uh, you know, a little trip down memory lane for you guys if uh, you ever the been sandwiches. there. Or... What we need is the sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's B-I-E-R-K-R-A-F-T. Just so you know, I had to spell it. Um, but yes, Patreons, thank you for uh, all your donations. They uh, go a long way to get us cherry beers uh, to our guests. Um, write us letters. Uh, we haven't had some letters in a little bit, but uh, you can do that. Steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all the social medias at Steal This Beer and see what we're drinking on untapped and Steal This Beer. And I think all that right, wraps y'all. it. That's amazing. All right, y'all, get at us. 